following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of My Talk 1071. What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, Mimi Shoneman is in the house. You are tuned into the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071. I am Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon. And just as the big boy said, we have Mimi Shoneman in this morning. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning. Uh, we also have Phil Olson on the line with us this morning. So good morning, Phil. Good morning, guys. Okay, all right. So now is the time where Shannon tells you guys to do the MNLS number. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Phil, lay, us, lay it down. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, my NMLS is 238103, company, company NMLS 3029, cross-country mortgage. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, 651-641-1071. So, oh. Oh, well, hold on. We're having some technical difficulties. We good? We good? I don't okay. know. All right. All right. Screeching. So, all right. So, Mimi, what are we what are we talking about today? What's the what's the topic for today? Well, Phil and I were talking last week about uh, overlays, and that is such a really important thing about mortgages that a lot of folks don't know about. And we had such a great response from our listeners mm -hmm. that we wanted to continue on and kind of go do a little bit of a deeper dive about uh, overlays mm -hmm. and how you go about getting the very best mortgage. And how you compare one loan to another. Um, so I think, Phil, let's just start off by by asking a couple of questions to you. And you can let everybody know what your opinion is about it. But I want to let everybody know that we, I just want to tease you a little bit. We've got a really hot house coming up after the second break. Stay tuned. And be sure and stay tuned or go to our show page. You can go there through mytalk1071.com and our keyword is red hot. Um, it's going to be amazing. So stick around for that. Okay, Phil, you're a loan officer. How long have you been a loan officer? Been in the business now 21 years. Been in the banking world now for 32. Okay. Um, would you have any earthly idea how many loans you've done in those 22 years? Uh, close to 5,000. My oh, wow. goodness. Okay, so a lot, that's a whole that's lot of calculating lot. going on over 22 <laughs> years. Your brain looks big. <laughs> uh, some days it feels that way. Some days I have major headaches, but okay. that's all good. Okay, so would you say that that information is important to know? when someone's talking to a loan officer? I would always tell you that if you're working with a loan officer, you want somebody that's on top of their game, has been there, done it, has seen it, because there are so many twists and curves within the mortgage world, depending on what a consumer is trying to do, that if you're not working with an extremely experienced loan officer with a lot of firepower, firepower meaning the company they work for has the ability to basically do every type of loan out there, you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. So a lot of times I hear when I first meet somebody, they'll say, I'll say, are you pre-approved for a mortgage yet? And sometimes they say they are and sometimes they say they aren't. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to go where I put my money. 
because I obviously trust them enough to let them keep my money. You mean like the bank? Like, like who they bank with? Like who they bank okay, with. Okay. Um, and whether that be a big, big institution or a little small institution. And Phil, I'd like your opinion on that because as a real estate professional, I have a strong opinion about that too. My first, my first thing that I say to them is, okay, so if you and my team are out shopping for a house on the weekend, Let's just say it's Sunday afternoon and let's just say that there's a high pressure situation where we find out that a house is now being called for highest and best offers by a certain time deadline. Let's just say it's four o'clock today. Okay. And Miss uh, Saudi, you and I are out shopping and it is two twenty. Okay. And we've just found out that. The deadline for the house that you've now fallen in love with Mm -hmm. is four o'clock. Okay. Then I got to have some type of financial something to have a conversation about this house, right? Well, let's just say that you have your pre-approval through the place where you have your money. Okay. And I say to you, okay, we need to reach your loan officer because we need a a pre-approval letter stat. Right. And because I've been in the business for 15 years, mm-hmm. I'm able to do your purchase agreement in that time frame. Right. We stop, we pivot, we roll. Mm-hmm. But if I can't get a hold of the loan officer to and get your pre-approval on a Sunday, what's that going to do to you? Wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But, but they are closed on Sundays. <laughs> closed on Sundays. And I call Phil and I'm like, Phil? This is our scenario. Unfortunately, Miss Sonny got pre-approved with who she keeps her money with. And <laughs> we're in a pickle because we've got a deadline at 4 o'clock. I'll write her offer. But can you save us, Mr. Phil Olson, with Cross Country Mortgage? Tell us what you can do for us. Well, I mean, I'll just use an example that I just had here yesterday. One of my real estate agents called me, says, hey, I just have a buyer buyer called me they already found a house and they're not pre-qualified or pre-approved and i the client immediately applied online i worked up the numbers yesterday afternoon issued a pre-approval letter and right now they're exactly in the same position you were talking about mimi they're in a multiple offer situation so they're having to retool their their purchase contract now you talk about being pre-qualified or pre-approved. I think another important factor is is your loan officer availability. Mm-hmm. Because now that Sonny wants to make this offer at 2.30, and now we have to change the numbers around, that's where you need to be able to talk with that loan officer and figure out. Sometimes I'm having to retool their loan on a Sunday. Right. And, and why do I say that? Maybe they were originally going to put down 20%, but now they have to put, say, ten dollars or $20,000 more towards the purchase price. Now I'm running numbers at 15% down, maybe 10% down. Maybe we're doing appraisal gap, all right? So if you can't get a hold of your loan officer to rework or retool your purchase contract in today's environment, you're you're behind the eight ball. Right. Well, you're not setting yourself up for success right, right, at all, right. at all. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the things where when folks tell me that's what they're doing for their pre-approval, 
it's like, okay, I respect you can choose anyone you want, but let's talk about getting a second opinion. Mm. Let's at least have a backup plan so that you aren't put in the pickle um, in a, in a Hail Mary situation. And, and this, this happens all the time, y'all. It happens all the time. You know, a buyer will say, oh, I'm just looking. I don't want to talk to a loan officer yet. I don't want to have a realtor yet. I just want to look at houses. Well, <laughs> it's it, all us. <laughs> it, you know, that looking at houses, first of all, um, realtors, if you're a new realtor out there, do not put a buyer in your car until you've got a pre-approval letter with a, a professional. Phil, you got any stories about that? Well, I'll, I mean, I I can tell you about uh, a real estate agent I worked with here, oh, probably about 10 years ago, worked with a client for approximately eight months, shuttled them from the east side all the way to the west side multiple, multiple times. Client wasn't pre-qualified, and finally the client finally called me to find out that they had a 550 credit score and they didn't qualify and here the real estate agent had showed this client over 20 homes based on the client's word that they were good to go. Yes. You know, all of us in good faith believe that we are good candidates to get a mortgage. If I said to you today, you think, Sonny, that you're a good candidate to get a mortgage? If you, if, if we decided we're going to go look and you're like, yeah, we're, I'm good. I'm good. I, good. I'm good. My credit's good. Yeah. I got a little savings. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be good. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, because people are actually afraid to mm-hmm. find out if they're good. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they real, just want to look at houses. They just want to look at houses. <laughs> that's why I laugh. And let me tell you a scenario. Well, Phil, you go first, and I've got a story to tell. I, I've got a scenario here that happened, oh, here very recently, where a client thought that their credit scores were in the 800s, and it should have been. But a mortgage company forgot to release their mortgage after it was paid off, and there was delinquencies on their mortgage that popped up. Mm. And yes, we did get it resolved. It took 90 days to get it resolved. But there's a situation where a client didn't know they had a delinquent mortgage on their credit report. And it plummeted their scores by 150 points. Okay, so let's just talk about that. Um, so they did actually have a loan officer look at their their credit. They pulled the credit. Did they just miss it? No, I'm the one that pulled it. Okay. All right. And I'm the one that told them they were thinking that their credit scores were 800. They were really 640. And they had, uh, it's a 3 by 30 on the credit report for a mortgage that was paid off. Okay. I now there's called a credit bureau mistake or a vendor mistake. But a lot of people think that their credit is great when, when maybe that's not the case. Maybe something's happened. They don't even know about this. Sounds like a perfect opportunity to take a break. Where take are we break. going next? <laughs> We're going to keep talking about this subject. All right. If you'd like to be a part of the red hot real estate show, or you just have a simple question and now is the time to ask the question. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon. In today with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. And we are talking about 
overlays. Did I say that right? You did say it right. <laughs> and many, many more subjects. And much, much more. Like this scenario y'all got laid out before we went to the break. Uh, but before I get before we get back into it, if you have a question for the show, please call in 651-641-1071. Mimi and Phil will get you right. Okay. So I'm a, I have a little story of my own. I don't have many stories okay. lately. <laughs> um, so yesterday, I'm uh, going to a seller's home that I... I uh, had a showing for as well. So that would have been dual agency. Um, and what happened was, is the folks that were behind us, uh, they had a showing and they came in and did their thing. And I'm sitting in the car uh, checking some voicemails and emails and things like that. And then the woman who was the buyer came and flagged me down. She's waving her hands in the street and I didn't know what she wanted. So I pulled over and, and asked her, you know, hey, how, how can I help you? And uh, she basically said, you know, asked me a bunch of questions. And I said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to need to refer you to to work with your agent who just showed you the house who I saw walk you in. And she said, oh, no, he's not my agent. He's just somebody I called online because I knew he could get me in quicker. Mm. And I thought to myself, whoa, that's why she flagging you on the street after the decision. Well, (laughs) I'm asking myself, why didn't you call the agent who represents you? Who can help you best rather than wasting some poor new person who happens to be working with a company that promotes selling online leads? Um, That's probably for a whole different show. But nevertheless, um, that's an unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. happened. And so. Folks, don't do that to your agent. I'm just going to tell you. If you have a relationship. You mean like working with somebody and then waving somebody down in the street and trying to work with another like like that? Don't do that. If you have, if you and I have a relationship and I'm working with you, Sonny, yeah. and we've signed a buyer's agreement. Right. And there's trust and reciprocal right. faith there. You say, oh, I don't want to bother Mimi. She's so busy. I'm going to just see if I can get somebody, anybody mm. to let me in. And then. So what could happen there is a lot of problems. It sounds like it. Yeah. So you could say that the person who showed the house to you represented you. And I wasn't anywhere near there. And mm. so that opens up a lot of a lot of problems. Oh, wow. So be loyal to your agent. We're hardworking people. Um, and if you're working with somebody, let them do that, that heavy lifting and get you in to see properties. That's, that's the end of that story. Okay, Phil. Um, let's talk a little bit about what is a good pre-qualification and how do you know if you have one or if you don't? Well, a, a good pre-qualification really starts with a, a, a credit pull, uh, then a full 1003 application, which is considered a mortgage residential application. After, after that, the loan officer should have set up the file, run scenarios, talk to you about programs, and then got you to send documentation. Now, the type of documentation that lender or that mortgage loan officer is going to need to see is going to really be dependent on who you are as a person. What do you do? What is your occupation? How are you paid? What's your credit score? Uh, how much assets you have in the bank? So a true pre-qualification is all the work has been done, the loan officers reviewed all of your documentation, and then last but not least, that file has been run through AUS. 
be it, it is. It's been run for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginnie Mae. Or it's been reviewed by an underwriter, manual underwrite. At that point in time, you have what's called a full pre-qualification. You're ready to shop. Now, when, when you talked about getting a second opinion, meaning some people think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go through all that full process again just to get a second opinion. People can get a second opinion from me in about a 15-minute conversation. I don't need an application. I don't need to pull credit. I do need to know. I'll ask a lot of questions. And then based on what they're telling me, I can still provide them a quote, which I would consider a micro quote. But at least they can get a second opinion on are they getting the right mortgage, the right term, the right product at the right cost. Exactly. Okay, so how do you, you know, for somebody who's not, uh, you know, knowing in the mortgage world, what would you say? So I hear a lot of times people say, oh, I can get it for, you know, three and a quarter. Um, and that's really all they're thinking about is what they see the rate. You know, you call an online service company that does mortgages because they get the commercials and it looks very enticing. But you, let's just say they, they got a quote for three and a quarter, but they didn't really look at any paperwork or any documents. But you, they come to you and you say, I'm not sure I can do three and a quarter. How do folks, what's the best way to compare true apples to apples in a mortgage? Well, the best way to compare apples to apples is to compare one cost to cost, rate to rate, APR to APR, term to term, product to product. All right. So let me let me give you an example. Okay. A quick example would be I compare a 5% down conventional loan to a 5% down FHA loan. Now, the client's going, oh, my gosh, the rate I'm getting is 2.875 on an FHA loan. And I'm telling them they're getting one at three and a quarter. But keep in mind, are we comparing, are we just comparing rate? Now let's take a look at the APR. The standard APR on a conventional loan at three and a quarter is probably 3.40, where the standard APR on an FHA loan would be close to 4%. So which loan is better? Well, you tell me. Uh, the conventional loan is better because you're not paying a premium to the federal government of 1.75% upfront. And you're not paying 0.85% or 0.80% in mortgage insurance, where the mortgage insurance on a conventional 5% down would probably be closer to 0.40. So you're, you're looking at totally two different products here. But yet, if the client focuses on the rate, that's where they're making a mistake. You have to compare everything in order to understand are you getting the best deal possible? Okay, so that makes all perfect sense to me. You know, a shoe is a shoe is a shoe, um, unless it's not. Uh, so to me, as a real estate professional, when I get a pre-approval letter from somebody who's local, who I've worked with, who has a reputation, who I trust, that has value. I can sell that to the other agent. I can say, Miss Sonny's 
you know, her offer is exceptional. And we have this exceptional loan officer who we always close on time. We always close. People, listen to me. Mortgages don't always close on time or at all. And that can be shocking to hear. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I have a very strong track record. I'm looking for some wood to knock on. But I work with local people that I trust and I know will do a good job. So, (laughs) there's that. With that, uh, if you got questions for the show, 651-641-1071. We are in on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Whenever you hear that music, that means it's something hot on the horizon. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I am Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon. Uh, I am in with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you have a question for the show, please give us a call, 651-641-1071. What's okay. the hot house, Mimi? We have a lovely one here uh, nearby in Golden Valley at 2216 Mayfair Road. Let me tell you what. The location of this is an absolute 10, but so is the property. We've got a townhome with just two units. We, it's close to Medicine Lake, has walking trails and paths. It's absolutely mm. showroom ready. Mm. Two bedrooms, two baths with a main floor bedroom and a main floor bathroom. Also, the garage is tricked out, completely Ooh. finished with a lovely uh, professional coating on the floor. Absolutely Perfect. Mm. New appliances in 2020. Oh, wow. Close to everything, man. I'm not kidding you. A big backyard, absolutely beautifully landscaped. I can't even say enough about this. And get this price, 220000 Bedroom on the main, bathroom on the main, high demand. Um, that product is hot. That's and you can hot. get all of that information <laughs> by texting 160396 to the number 25678. Let me repeat it. Text 160396 to 25678 to get all of the details, photos, and tour. Perfect. That sounds perfect. <laughs> Phil, are you excited? That is. That, <laughs> I, I'm excited because that's a hot property. Yeah. Man. And in my professional opinion, if that's on the market for more than seven days, there's something wrong. And it won't be, so be sure and call if you want to see it. And it is hot. Okay, Phil, we're hot. Talking about overlays and such. Such a good topic. Um, Okay, define for our folks who may have missed last week's show what an overlay is. An overlay is any specific guideline, restriction, rule that a lender it implements over the top of either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginny Mae. Meaning, I'll give you a, a quick example of an overlay. You go to your bank or credit union, and they tell you that you need a 640 credit score to qualify for an FHA loan. Well, with me, because I'm a direct lender to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginny Mae, we have no overlays. We can go all the way down to a 580 credit score. Okay, mm-hmm. let me stop so you. There's, let me break it down. Yeah, so your bank says, no, no, you don't qualify for this program that you've probably read about on different websites. But Phil can do it because they don't pack it. See what I'm saying, Shawnee? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They don't put it on top. 
So your institution Mm -hmm. where you keep your money, they say it's going to take you to have a 640 credit score. Mm Mm-hmm. Phil can do it for 580. Gotcha. Why is that? Is he a wizard? He is a wizard. (laughs) A magician? Are you magic? No. It's because his company has chosen not to do overlays, which brings the question, Phil, why has your company decided you don't have to do that? Well, one, we, because we underwrite to the Fannie Mae and the Freddie Mac guidelines strictly, those specific entities will purchase our mortgage from us. Whereas some banks, they don't even sell their mortgages. So if if they want little risk, they'll raise the credit score criteria. I've seen institutions that say, we won't work with a borrower with a, under a 680 credit score. Mm-hmm. All right, some institutions might say, we won't work, do a conventional loan be it a 30-year fixed unless you're over 700. And instead, they offer the client a 30-year, five-year balloon. Now, do you know what, what a five-year balloon is? Basically, after five years, yes, it's a 30-year mortgage. After five years, you have to pay off that loan or you have to refinance it. So there's there's like three different overlays right there for you. And so... That doesn't seem too risky right now today with the interest rates in the threes, but to have to refinance in five years. But we have seen historically where folks thought that they would be able to do that, refinance out of something, and the economy and the world changed. And so we don't know what things are going to look like in five years. We don't know if home values are going to continue to skyrocket up or if things are going to correct and if you if you just make the assumption that, yeah, I'll be able to refinance, maybe you will, maybe you won't. We don't have a crystal ball in this world, um, unfortunately. So you want to be prepared for that. If if some if if you are listening to this and you have recently gotten a quote for you only qualify for a balloon or an adjustable rate mortgage, I highly encourage you to call Phil. Phil, tell everybody how they get a hold of you. They can reach at 651-238-6748, or they can reach me at phil at callphilolson.com any day of the week. And Phil, are you seeing a lot of people coming to you, or you're hearing a lot more about these uh, five-year balloons or adjustable rate mortgages? I don't see them very often. I mean, I'll see see adjustable rates uh, and balloons where maybe the client was a risky client and that was the only type of loan that was was being offered by that institution. Uh, just so you know, I don't do five-year balloons. I don't even do balloon loans. I, you know, of all the loans I've done this year, I've only done one adjustable rate mortgage, and that was for an investor. Otherwise, I'm a firm believer in kind of the conservative approach. Go with a 30-year, a 25, a 20, a 15, a 10-year fixed-rate mortgage, because then you have stability. You do have stability. Um, and I also want to remind everybody, as interest rates may be on the rise, we don't know, um, FHA, we don't talk about this very much, but FHA loans are assumable. Phil, can you talk to that a little bit? Absolutely. If you get into an FHA loan at a very, very low rate, and when it comes time for you to sell your home, you can actually offer that interest rate 
to that prospective buyer down the road. So let me let me give you an example. Let's say you lock in on an FHA loan, 30-year fixed at 3%, and five years from now you decide to sell, and the current market rate on an FHA loan is 5.5%. You having that assumability factor, being able to advertise that, could be a big winner for you as far as getting more value for your home because the because the client is able to assume the loan, they basically deal with the servicer. Of course, they have still have to qualify, but basically you're taking over their loan in real time. So in other words, you'll get their 3% rate, and now you have 25 years left to pay it. And so that also brings up uh, something that I think we could talk about is investor strategies. Would you say that that would be a good strategy for investors out there to look for FHA loans that they can assume? Uh, unfortunately, FHA cannot be used for an investment property, all right? Because it's for a primary residence, all right, the investor could not assume that. They could, have, they could buy the property, and then they would end up financing it as a conventional product. But what if but they cannot assume. What if they lived in half of it? Ah, if they bought a duplex and they lived in half of it, that would fit the mold perfectly for that assumable loan. So for those uh, parties out there that are sitting on a duplex that's an FHA loan, that could be a great thing for an investor down the road to basically purchase that property. Perfect. Um, So I want to kind of segue into a subject that all of us have a lot of interest in, and that's student loans. Um, we're talking a little bit about overlays and overlays again are when institutions add certain criteria to a product qualification uh, because they want to lower their risk. So, Phil, um, tell a little bit about student loans and uh, overlays. All right. So the the guidelines that I use at Cross Country Mortgage, be it from from Fannie Mae, we'll talk Fannie Mae first and that's a conventional loan, any borrower that has a student loan, even if it's deferred, even if it shows a zero payment, their payment has to be, or their balance has to be hit for 1% of the payment. Now, and so what does that look like? You owe $10,000, all right, that means you have to hit the borrower for a $100 a month payment. Okay, stop. 1%. Okay, so when you're talking about that, you're talking about debt-to-income ratio using that that qualifier, 1%, correct? And you're taking well, a Well, yes. I mean, the 1% affects the debt-to-income ratio. It, it, it allows us to basically calculate a payment for that upcoming student loan. Whereas mm. now Freddie Mac, they charge a half a percent versus... Uh, Fannie. So instead of that consumer being charged $100 a month in their debt-to-income ratio, we would only charge them 50 Now, great news for those out there that have tried to qualify with an FHA loan and were, were turned down due to debt-to-income ratios being too high because they have thousands and thousands of student loans. FHA has now gone to the Freddie model from 1%, now they're at a half a percent. So for those people that maybe got turned down before because they couldn't qualify 
for an FHA loan because they had too much student loan debt. That student loan debt has been now cut in half mm. for qualification purposes. Okay. And mm. so that also makes a big difference. We talked about it last week, but not every uh, mortgage company is direct lenders to all three of the, the big ones. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae, and Phil with Cross Country Mortgage uh, is a direct lender to all three of those. Is that correct, Phil? That is correct. And that means that where Miss Sonny keeps her money. <laughs> and she says, but Phil said he's a direct lender to all three. How many are you a direct lender to? And they say, unfortunately, we're only a direct lender to one. Mm. And you say, why? Why is that? Phil, why is that? Uh, the reason is, is they're not a big enough corporation and they don't do enough business mm. and their financials haven't gone through a, a comprehensive tax and, and credit check and everything like that of the corporation's profit and loss statement to qualify to be working with those entities. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that you, you guys are, you guys are the Popeyes of the mortgage world. <laughs> you got the big guns. We're, going. we're, we're, we're one of the, we're one of the big guns. We're one, the eighth largest lender from what I've been last told in Pop- the United States. Popeye, son. We I, got him right here. I, w- I would have said Fogo de Chow personally, but <laughs> <laughs> but I hear where you're going with You that. understand my reference. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Okay. It is now time for a break, you guys. Where are we going next? We're keeping on. All right. Uh, you'd like to be a part of the show, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Sonny filling in for Miss Shannon. You'd like to be a part of the show or you have a question about overlays, anything mortgage, because it's layered. 651-641-1071. I'm in with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson. And like I just mentioned, we are kind of wrapping up the discussion of overlays. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. want to remind everybody to check out our Red Hot House of the Week at 2216 Mayfair Road in Golden Valley. One bedroom on the main, one bathroom on the main, and two up. Uh, amazing location, amazing condition, and you can get all of the details by texting 160-396 to the number 25678. Um, we also encourage everybody to check out our podcast during the week and reach out to us with any mortgage or real estate question that you might have. You can text your questions to 651-578-2218 or call that number with your questions, real estate or mortgage. Okay, Phil. Um, let's talk about the up the the increase that happened last week with the conventional loan limits and some of the programs that you might offer for our self-employed folks. All right. Well, uh, big news last week is the conforming loan limits changed. They changed from five hundred forty-eight thousand four hundred to six hundred and twenty-five thousand, which now means. For those borrowers that had to qualify, and let's say you're 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 buying a house for seven hundred and twenty, and you're putting down twenty percent. Well, guess what? Twenty percent of seven twenty puts you over five forty eight, four hundred. Well, with that new increase to the six twenty five, it's now a straight conventional loan, and a conventional loan versus a jumbo loan is a much easier loan to get approved. Far less documentation, far less scrutiny. And less money. That was a big increase. And less money for them to put down, correct? 
correct because with a convention alone, you can qualify with as little as 3% down, whereas a jumbo is a minimum of 10%. Most lenders is 20%. And what would, would a jumbo loan interest rate look like for folks last week? Uh, I would probably say uh, you're looking probably anywhere between a quarter to a half a percent higher than the conventional loan limit pricing. And so that's a big savings over 30 years. Um, so if if folks are li- li- listening out there um, that are considering buying a house that's in the, the the luxury limit, which for the Twin Cities is roughly 500000 and above, we encourage you to reach out to Phil and get that quote because he can save you some money and possibly not even have to put down as much as you want. So it's nice to be able to have choices. You might say, well, I just I just always put 20% down because that makes my payment lower. Well, that's perfect. But maybe you have a child that's getting ready to go to college mm-hmm. and maybe you don't. If you don't have to, maybe you don't want to put all of your available cash into your house. Maybe you want to save that and have a a rainy day fund Mm -hmm. for both the house and the child. So lots of great options with this new increased loan limit. Um, Phil, what are some of the programs that you might offer for some of our self-employed folks that they could consider? Well, two great products that we have. These are internal products to cross-country mortgage. All right. One is a one-year business tax program. Most lenders will tell a self-employed borrower that they have to have two years business tax returns and two years it is personal returns. With this special program, yes, the interest rate is slightly higher. It's probably about a half a percent higher on a 30-year fix. Basically, we can go with one year's business tax returns that have been filed with the IRS versus two. Uh, so that could be a, a big difference for a borrower. And uh, why would I say that? So let's say we the, the business made $100,000 revenue to the bottom line in this last tax year. But the last, the previous tax year, the business took a loss. Let's say it took a $1 loss. Your standard calculation is you take the average of the two years, zero and 100,000. Well, that means we can only have $50,000 to work with to qualify. Under this one year business tax return program, we can use the full $100,000 income for qualifying purposes, which might deviate what's called a debt-to-income ratio issue, or it might give your borrower far more purchasing power towards the house that they want to purchase. Okay, so that sounds like a really, really great thing. Um, Are you able to take either of the last two years or only the most recent? I can go either route. It all depends. when, When I'm working up the loan and I'm looking at the financials, uh, if I can go with a two-year straight tax return program for the self-employed borrower, it's probably preferable because the, the consumer would get a better interest rate. But if I have to go the route of a one-year tax return program, I just need to be able to prove that the financial strength of the business is, is stable and it's been consistent and the 
business income is increasing and the sales earning trends are positive. So there's this is a program where I'm not going to say it's a one-off, but I would say it's a program out there to help those self-employed borrowers that would like to get into home ownership, but they don't have a good two-year tax return business financials on the business. Okay. But in the last year, in the last year, they're very, very good. Okay. So a couple things come to mind as we're heading into the end of October. Um, you know, people can start doing some tax planning. Mm-hmm. Like maybe um, if they're self-employed, maybe this is the year that you talk with Phil and your financial advisor and your tax preparer. And maybe you don't take as many deductions if you're trying to plan for uh, qualifying for that next house or that bigger house. Phil? Uh, that's that's a conversation I have with all my self-employed borrowers is what what is next year going to look like? All right. Um what are deductions? And I can see all their deductions. And sometimes there's borrowers out there that take crazy deductions. And that just comes down to them having a conversation with their, their tax accountant and, their, and myself to determine, you know, like you said, is this maybe a year where we scale back some of our tax deductions that we could take, but we choose not to take them so we can show more income for qualifying purposes? Perfect. And also, too, for our folks that are are considering new construction or luxury construction, especially if it's new, uh, you want to prepare in time for the lags that we're experiencing with materials. Um, We're at least looking at uh, six plus months, usually nine. Um, So if you're thinking about new construction or upgrading your current home, we encourage you to have a conversation. You can reach us at Mimi at MNRedHotRealEstate.com. Okay, Phil, um, you know, I talk because I love to go out to dinner and you do, too. We talk with a fair amount of servers and uh, owners of restaurants. What do you have available for those folks who also earn with tips? Well, I wish I wish I could say I had something special, but for tip waged earners and commissioned employees, it's basically a standard within the industry, be it the whole mortgage industry. You have to have a two year history of of tip income. Now, one difference though is some lenders might say you must stay and be in that job for a period of two years. Where I can say if you've been working for two different restaurants over the last two years and you received an hourly wage and you received tip, tip income from both, I could take both tip incomes and we use that income to help you qualify for a home. Okay. Um, so what are some of the things that you get questioned uh, from uh, tip wage earners? Um. What okay? I, I sometimes I'll talk to somebody and they were like a part of management for a restaurant, and then they then they switch to it is a server. Well, the problem is we're out of time. We're out of time, Phil. Yeah. How can we call you? How can we contact you? You can reach me at six five one two three eight six seven four eight. Phil Olson with Cross Country Mortgage. All right, you guys, keep up with this episode.